When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Using Rocket Pro TPO is like managing a team of all-stars. Our powerhouse squad of purchase underwriters, complete document reviews, and initial underwrites in just one day. With our industry-leading mortgage insurance and with a wide variety of products to use, your mortgage game will have zero weaknesses, helping you and your clients win more closings against today's tough competition. Rocket Pro TPO compete at the highest level. Call for cost information and conditions, equal housing lender, license in all 50 states, NMLS Consumer Access.org number 3030. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this episode. I am so excited today to introduce my guest, Mitchell Levy. And I had the great opportunity of meeting you, Mitchell, at Secret Knock in 2021. And we just had some lunch together and just kind of hit it off. And I said, hey, you need to be on my show. <laughs> and here we are. I'm so excited. And, and, and little so did cool. I. Yeah. It's so cool. Little, you can meet somebody and like, hey, we need you. <laughs> know, it's so crazy, isn't it? Thank well, you know, I kind of walk around with my antennas up all the time, looking for great stories and people that can really add a lot of value, which you're going to talk about today, about how we learned about value not being necessarily the right thing. So I'm really excited to learn that. One of the reasons I love doing podcasts is I learn so much and I'm a life mm. learner. So let me introduce you just real quickly. First of all, Mitchell is a global credibility expert. So we're going to talk about credibility today. He's a two-time TEDx speaker, an international best-selling author of over 60 books, and he has a Credibility Nation membership community, which I think is really cool. Actually, you and I talked about it briefly, and then I forgot about it until I was looking at your bio and said, wait a minute, I don't know if I hopped onto that community or not. So you're going to have to tell us how we can get on that. He is an accomplished entrepreneur. He coaches people. He helps people with strategic consulting for hundreds and hundreds of people that have been on NASDAQ and you name it. And I'm sure that as we're talking here, he will provide the credibility for himself so that I don't have to use a bio to do it. How does that sound? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Okay. So let's start with the big question. Why is credibility so important? It's one of those, the answer to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is the right answer. It's the answer to life, universe, and everything. 
It is who we are. It is how we come across. It is our character and other people's perceptions of our character. Without credibility, you have no customers, no business, no friends. Yeah, that's true. And I think another word that comes up is loyalty, right? In credibility. For me, that's a big word too. Not only character, but some loyalty in there too, especially as it relates to friends. I'll give some more thought to this afterwards. I've never thought about loyalty and credibility. I think what happens, a outcome of truly being a credible human is that you surround yourself with people who are loyal to you. If the definition of loyalty is simply, if you do something that somebody doesn't like, they're still your friend. They just may not like it. And you've had an open conversation about why they didn't like it. Yeah. That's a really good perspective. That's definitely a good perspective on that. I want to just ask you from a sales perspective, since you just brought up sales for a second, how does credibility fit in from your perspective under the no like, and trust. Now we all know this in sales. People know they want to work with people. They know that they like, and that they trust. And I've always been the person that says, it's not enough that they know who you are, what you do, right? We go to a networking event and someone says, well, they know what I do, right? They like me because they talk to me at the networking event. So they obviously must trust me. So how come I'm not getting business? But what I've always felt is the no is knowing who you are, the character that you were just talking about, right? So tell us a little bit about how that credibility fits into entrepreneurs and salespeople in really being able to establish that no like, and trust. What do they have to do differently to walk through that path? And I'm sure you're going to talk about value here. <laughs> I, I might talk about value. We may yeah. talk about clarity. It's interesting if that is your definition of credibility, then we're significantly more aligned than many people are. So I interviewed 500 thought leaders on credibility. Now it's over 600. And there's some amazing statistics. So I'll just put a seed in there of things that people don't do. Let's come back to clarity. To answer your question, what bubbled out of the interviews is the phrase no like and trust. And What's happened since deploying this phrase in this framework for the last year, I've now recently changed it. So let me tell you what the updated definition of credibility is, because in the dictionary, the definition of credibility is the quality in which you're trusted. The proper definition is the quality that you're trusted, known, and liked. Mm -hmm. So each one of those, there are 10 skills associated with trust, know, and like. And so, you know, under trust, it is really being authentic having your external integrity, being vulnerable and being coachable. Mm-hmm. Now you asked about being known. So let's say you meet somebody in a networking group, like you and I met each other, but we were introduced by a mutual friend. So trust was immediately there. Yes. But if we sat down at the table together because it was secret knock, trust is almost immediately there. What happens in our conversation is we get to know each other. And as you get to know somebody, they build upon the trust. As you get to know somebody, you build upon the like. On the being known, there are also four elements associated with known. First is being a servant leader, having the desire to serve others, having the intent and commitment to do the right thing. And integrity is the only skill that appears twice under being known. It's your internal integrity. Yeah. So that was funny about the research is the word integrity came up twice of the 10 skills. I didn't really know why it was there twice (laughs) until about three months ago. I just sort of woke up one morning. I go, wait a second. Under being trusted, it's your external integrity. Mm -hmm. Under being known, it's your internal integrity. So to answer your question, 
as you're getting to know somebody, are they a servant leader? Do they have the right intent and commitment to do the right thing? Do they have internal integrity? What you're really doing there is seeing whether or not their value system, whether or not their character is in line with the value system and character that you lay to be yours, but it has to be someone that you find credible. And while we're here, I'm going to give you the trick for being liked. It's a really easy trick. It's kind of nice. There are two elements associated with being liked. Okay. One is big picture. I call it sharing your stage. The term I came up with was cred dust. Yes. And that is sharing the ideas, thoughts, and actions of others. Because when you share somebody else's ideas, thoughts, and actions, what happens is you're sprinkling magic dust on them, on you, on your audience. Everybody wins. So one aspect of being liked is sharing the stage. The other, very simple, it's showing respect. And so what came out of the interview is it's showing respect by showing up when you show up. Come early, come prepared, come with your heart. I know we technically started at the top of the hour. When you check your email, I was here 10 minutes before. Only because we're at live show, I just was sitting here waiting for things to happen, right? Yeah. And what I could tell from our conversation you did research on me ahead of time. I've been on in the last two years, over 300 podcasts. Do you know how many people just, they don't pronounce your name properly. They know nothing <laughs> about you. They say, who are you? Why are you here? And, and so yeah. you learn, by the way, as a good interviewer, just to help guide the host to be successful, but it does show a lack of disrespect. And subsequently, I won't recommend other people to be on their shows. I may not recommend them in their service, because they didn't make themselves likable to me. Yeah. Because they didn't show me the respect. I think that's really good. And thank you, by the way. Yeah, I make it a point to do this, <laughs> to do some research about everybody, because that curiosity you and I were talking about, you know, in the green room is making sure that I'm present. And definitely, I didn't think about it as being respect, but I guess it is giving people the respect and making sure that I'm present. I love that you're talking about integrity. That happens to be a core value of me personally and a core value of my practice. So I love hearing that because those are two core values that I live by. And we talk about it in our family all the time. My daughter will call me and I'll go, hey, honey, what's up? And she'll say, integrity, mom, integrity. And I go, oh boy, what happened? She goes, you don't want to know what happened. I'm just going to say integrity. <laughs> so, That's nice. Yeah. Well, it's I, I was curious about, given that you use that word a lot, what I'm curious about is when I tell people now that integrity really is two components, mm-hmm. at least in terms of credibility, it's the external integrity. So it's how people see you externally, but internally, mm-hmm. you cheat on your spouse. You cheat on your diet. Do you stay true to yourself? I did during Christmas. I cheated on my <laughs> Oh, I think you get permission during Christmas time because we all do that. And there's my integrity telling you the truth. <laughs> But I think what's interesting is with now open communications, how many politicians, they may have amazing record externally in terms of integrity, but they felt it was okay to cheat on their spouse. Yeah. Right. And that just completely toppled them. And so we need to take into consideration that for humans, there really are two forms of integrity. Yeah. And I totally agree with that. And thank you so much for opening my eyes on it. Hopefully those that are listening, their eyes are being opened on it too, because I know people that are speakers and that are coaches and mentors and that integrity is on the outside from a stage, but it's not there behind the scenes. And I go, Oh, I don't know. And that's really a third level, right? There's the public, then there's the community, and then there's the private. 
And I think all of those have to align tremendously. So tell us how credibility, and maybe because you've interviewed so many people, is there a statistic that can show us that when you increase your credibility, it increases your income, it increases your emotional intelligence? Are there any statistics that talk about how choosing, increasing that awareness and choosing to uplevel your credibility and be on time and do what you say you're going to do, follow through all of those things, that it has a direct correlation to an increase in production, an increase in relationships, happiness, anything like that. I love your question because (laughs) it leads towards probably the next level survey that I need to do because the surveys that I did was more empirically, where is the world today? Mm -hmm. So I can give you a statistic that'll blow your mind away. It always does for me. The statistics of what is increased success, that is, I'm going to put that on the, I'm sure there's stuff out there, but I don't have anything that I could quote off the top of my head. So let me change the topic to, or the question to Mitchell, what shocked you from your interviews? There you go. Okay. And what shocked me were two things. One, now I defined coming late because I was doing a live show and I still do a live show. So I defined coming late as coming within three minutes because mm-hmm. if you're a host, you get a little bit of panic. What ended up happening is not only did 23% of people come within three minutes, 4% of now 614 people, 4% came after the hour. Yeah. So just think about this for a second. You're being interviewed by the global credibility expert on your credibility. You think it's credible to come after the hour for a live show. That's kind of a duh. Yeah. Now, this is the one that really blows me away. 98% of those people I interviewed could not articulate who they served and the pain point they served in 10 words or less. Mm-hmm. 98% of people cannot articulate, call it a CPOP, your customer point in pain. But another way to put it, 98% of people cannot articulate their purpose in 10 words or less. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I think about that in the sales world, whether you're an entrepreneur, whatever you do in the sales world, you can't articulate who you're serving. Then how can I always say this too, is like, this part of my clarity piece in what I do, but is that if you're selling everything to everybody, you're selling nothing to no one, right? And not being clear on what your brand is, what your message is that you can attract clients rather than chase them. And it's amazing. I remember at a BNI meeting several years ago, the chiropractor got up and said, I'm looking for anyone who has a back. <laughs> right? And we all went, well, that helps for sure. Right. Ha ha. Because it wasn't definitive enough. We all have multitudes of things that we do, but we have specialties. He's a chiropractor. Of course, we know that's what he does, but he also has doTERRA oils and he also does a nutrition class and he also does a vibration machine to help you with bone density and some kind of weird stretching machine. And he does all this stuff and I don't know what course to go down. And I think that that reduces his credibility because I don't understand what he does. And therefore Mm. he can't be the influencer that he is intending to be. And so while he'll crack a joke, and that's no pun intended, well, he'll crack a joke and say, I'm just looking. There was a pun intended there. (laughs) He'll say, I'm just looking for anybody with a back. I turned off and said, well, that's too many people. Be more specific. So help us with that piece when you're saying, okay, 10 words or less. Do you have a formula? I have a formula. Happy happy to share. There we go. Excellent. So we don't have that same issue. Yeah, no, it's really fascinating. It goes back to the trust, know, and like. 
Mm-hmm. So let's say you stand up at a BNI meeting or you stand up at a place where nobody knows you and you get 15 seconds. You want to capture their intention in the first one to three seconds. And by the way, here's important. Don't use the word I or we. Yes. Right. Because when you start off a, now I'm going to call it a CPOP, stands for either customer point of pain, customer point of pleasure, customer point of purpose. The CPOP is 10 words or less. It's typically starts off with who you serve. Now you want to make it somewhere between one to two words, maybe three, but many people say speakers, authors, coaches, consultants. Well, you're already over 10 words, right? And once again, all things to all people. And then the second part of it typically is what is the primary pain point you address? Mm -hmm. Now, for some people, it could be aspirational. So I'm going to give you, I have a really big overarching My big overarching is humans that want to be seen as credible. That's more of a pain point and aspirational point. I have two issues with that. It's really broad for that means billions of people need to be affected. Right. And two, the the definition of credibility, people don't quite understand. So I have a working one I use now. My working one is four words long. Businesses that feel invisible. Ooh, and And want to become invincible. (laughs) Well, I'm going to stop at, so I love that, by the way, I'm going to stop at, because you want the ooh. Think of when you articulate a CPOP, you're presenting a playground that you planned. And we didn't have this when at Secret Knock, because we didn't have enough time. And I'm not sure if I had articulated my current CPOP as is. You can be, if you're hearing that, you're one of three people. You're either a, ooh, wait, that's me. I might want to play in that playground, in which case you're going to say, Tell me more. Tell me more. It could be, oh, I know people. As a matter of fact, we have such correlation or intersection of clients we work with. I know people I want to recommend to you. Once again, tell me more. Or you don't give a shit. Now, it doesn't mean you don't care about me. It just means you don't care about that playground. Yeah. Not my pain. Not my pleasure. Yeah. So if you could say in one second or two seconds, something like businesses that feel invisible, Mm-hmm. The next obvious question that you're going to say mm-hmm. is tell me more. And then I'll answer the tell me more. That is the tell me more might be your standard value proposition. Yeah. The tell me more is what you're doing is you're getting permission to then talk for another minute. Right. And About actually, how me, you serve, right? The continuum. Yeah. Continuum. And, and actually, let me share mine because you've already heard for those that are listening, you've already heard it. So let me say, it's says to me, Mitchell, tell me more. What I'll say is there's typically two different reasons why businesses feel invisible. One, they're playing in the wrong playground. All their clients are on LinkedIn and some marketing expert gave them a cookie cutter approach and they're playing on TikTok, even though none of their clients are there. Right. Now, let me give you the second one. Having interviewed over 500 thought leaders on credibility, 98% cannot articulate their purpose. So even those thought leaders I interviewed who are well-known, they too are invisible. Yeah. And then if there's an interest there, I then will say, well, what do I do? And I've got a series of programs that help address that. But what I want to be able to do is each step along the way, build a little bit more credibility because I've been so incredibly clear on who it is that we serve. Mm-hmm. Then they could decide whether or not the solutions I have, or I'd be happy to spread some cred dust by recommending other people. Yeah. I love what you're saying. It brings me back to a conversation that I had had 
I'm at home now, right? So COVID. So I'm making sure my puppy, I can't use the actual words, but when you ask your dog, if they want to go to W-A-L-K, right? <laughs> if I do, we're going to have problems. Really? Here in a minute, if you right? say that out loud. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't use the word. Okay. <laughs> and when they do, they, their ears go, huh? What? And that's what you're talking about is having that ooh moment that, huh? I want more. Tell me more. When are we going to do it? How can we do it? Right. Reminds me of saying that. Now, the second part of what you said, and I didn't write this down. Normally you see me taking notes is because I'm following up with questions here. And you said that they're playing in the wrong thing. Yeah. So this kind of reminds me about sales is that if your sales aren't where that you want them to be, you're talking to the wrong people or you're saying the wrong thing to the right people, talking to the wrong people or saying the wrong thing to the right people. What do you think about that? You're going to say something. I love the way you articulate words in such a way <laughs> that a small amount of words can come out of your mouth and a series of a concatenate of pictures will be drawn. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I'm just to say yes, you know, and it comes down to every situation is different in terms of who you're speaking with, why you're speaking, and how you were introduced, how much time they have. And each step along the way, if it's never the right amount of time, you want to be less than what they expect in terms of sharing what you're doing and providing more than they would have expected. Yes. And I'm just talking from a sales perspective. Yeah, I love that. From a human perspective, mm-hmm. you want the consistency. I don't know if I, loyalty is an interesting word for me. Once again, I'll have to continue to think that through. <laughs> I'll just say at it. Yeah. you want the consistency so that people know if they're going to recommend you, if they're in category two, you met somebody and you're the perfect fit because if you got four words, by the way, you're going to remember, oh yeah, Mitchell, businesses that feel invisible. Wait, there must be something. They need their CPOP and whatever else, Mitchell, right? So what happens is you want to make sure that you are consistent and that you reinforce who you are and what you do, not just synchronously when you're talking to people, but asynchronously when they Google your name, when they get to your website, yeah. when they get to your social media and you present a different image than what they recommend. I won't recommend you. Right. Because I'm feeling that you're not showing up credibly. Yeah. And I know that you have looked at over a hundred thousand LinkedIn profiles. And of course, when I read that, I was like, oh gosh, I know he's going to look at my, I know there's going to be problems there. <laughs> I just know it. And it's so sad because it's not a credibility. Well, maybe it is. In your eyes, it's a credibility thing. Me, I'm getting there, right? Because when COVID happened, I was doing random acts of marketing. Let's be honest. I was out speaking all over the country, right? And I would be in a plane and they would say, hey, we're delayed. And I go, well, maybe I should do a video. And so I would do a video. Hey, I'm sitting on a plane, right? Random acts of everything. So I always say I got caught with my panties down When COVID came, because I said, oh, well, now I have to focus on all this. So it's getting there. It's taking time, but I'm working on it. I am working on it. So it always scares me when you say that. But I want to go back to, because you were just talking about that value. You were just starting to touch on that value proposition. And one of the things that you say is that we were taught wrong. We were taught, give the value proposition. I have to tell you, I ask people that I coach, what's your value proposition? And they don't really know what it is. And this is the same as what do you do for Mm. people? Or they'll say to Mm. me, I want to provide value to people. And I go, okay, well, that's good. What is this value you want to provide? Well, I don't know what it is. I just want to provide value. (laughs) So where do we go wrong in this value proposition? Do we introduce it too soon? Do we introduce it too late? Should we not even be thinking about value? Guide us through here so that we can make the biggest impact on people so that they are chirping up and saying, ooh, 
aside from just words. Maybe we need to back it up with value, but can you talk to us about that? To me, the opposite of credible, I just label as dubious. Dubious is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily malevolent or mischievous or anything that is purposely bad at other people. However, it may not be right. What often happens, what many people teach is they observe what's happening in the marketplace. And then they say, oh, by the way, I did this. So I observed these other things with other people. And now you need to do this too. Like Clubhouse is the best thing. So you got to go there. YouTube, you could make a ton of money on YouTube. So what happens is we keep teaching dubious activity and propagating it where it may not make sense to the person you're interacting with. So when somebody says what you do and they ask you what you do, most of the time they don't care what you do. What they care about is what you can do for them or somebody they know in their network. So we've been taught that, and the typical value proposition is, I or we work with this class of customer so they can deliver this sort of value. What happens though, and this really came out of the interviews, when you say to somebody what you do, if the first words out of your mouth is I or we, there's a class of people who, just like there are ad blockers on websites, there's a class of people who are salespeople blockers. And when you start IOE, they're thinking a sales pitch is coming because mm. a lot of value propositions are really disguised sales pitches. And so they turn off. Mm. So what happens, you don't start with your value proposition, but you need to know what it is. And what you start with is, and we mentioned this slightly, and I just want to say, you start with what's the playground you play in. So if somebody says what you do and you know your CPOP, what happens is you can't just start with, for me, I can't just start with businesses that feel invisible. I work with or I serve business that feel. So you don't want to say that either, <laughs> okay? Because it, once again, you're doing the I or the we. Mm -hmm. And so what I found is saying the following phrase in front of your CPOP, and that is clients that are typically attracted to me, businesses that feel invisible gotcha. because you get the same impact. Yeah. And then when you're looking at the person, they're either going to say something or they're going to physically, like the first time I said that to you, you're like, ooh, that's the permission that I then give you my value proposition. I absolutely love that because I am all about client attraction and not chasing, right? <laughs> and it serves my, what I speak about in my coaching and my speaking and everything that I serve is giving myself more time. The five C's that you and I were talking about in the green room is all about client attraction so that I have the ability to have this beautiful life that I want and I'm not married to and tied to my business. And I absolutely love that because for me, it's awesome because when you said it, it automatically made me go to thinking clients that are attracted to you. I need to start thinking about how can that happen in a millisecond? I don't know, but I immediately started going, oh, well, who are the clients that I could pull in that would be attracted to you? I did not see that as clients that are typically attracted to me as something that you were even telling me. It was going past me. It was saying, oh, thank you for asking. Mm -hmm. Clients that are typically attracted to me are these people back here. And so it actually went over my head, not because I'm blonde, but it went over my head. <laughs> Right. And it put me in a position that said, how can I serve you? Not you were pitching which, me. Which, you know, by the way, is credible. Yeah. Right? You went Love into that. who you are as a credible human. And that is you were thinking about your servant leadership. 
Yeah, because so Jen, here's the coolest thing. And I did this at Secret Knock. I did this in the event afterwards is when I talked to somebody and as soon as I figured out who they were, I go, wait a second. I know who to introduce you to. Yeah. And I'd yeah. walk them by hand to <laughs> somebody who I had met. Say, hey, you should meet because. Yeah. Here's why I'm laughing. Because I have this habit of doing that very same thing. In fact, I did it there. You can ask James Dentley <laughs> because I grabbed somebody. I grabbed a colleague of mine and I took his hand and I was walking with him and I was holding his hand like a couple, right? I said, can, may I take your hand? He said, yeah, you can take my hand, Jen. And so I grabbed his hand. We walked over and we kind of had some fun with it. We were swinging our hands. I go, this is what I do to everybody. And he laughs and James is there, James Dentley. And he turns around and I go, hey, James. And I said, hey, listen, I really want to introduce you to this person. And here's why. And I think that's important, right? Because a lot of times people look at each other and they're like, I think we're on a blind date, but we don't know why we're here. And I'm laughing because I did that probably four or five times there. And people were laughing. In fact, I did it with Eric Swanson too. He's like, what are you doing? In fact, James even said to me, he goes, you know, I'm going to tell your husband you're holding hands with people. And he goes, I said, oh, he already knows. He already knows I do this. (laughs) I love that. And I do think that that is a servant heart. I've never really thought of it as credible, but you're right. It's a servant heart. I mean, I tend to come from that place anyway and thinking, I hope that those of you that are listening, I always say those of you, but the people that are listening right now, because it's not those of you, you people who are listening, this was a huge revelation for me. I hope you picked up on that. I hope that you got this. And if you didn't rewind this thing and go back and listen to this, because the way that that's phrased, clients that are typically attracted to me really does push this beyond it's all about you. It's not. You're talking through the person you're speaking to as if there's a filter for them, but they're hearing it too. Let me say it because there's some people who resonate with the way you just presented that. Let me give you another way because as humans, we process stuff in so many different ways. Yeah. The intent of those words is to empower you to turn your servant leadership on. So I never talk to the person I'm in front of with the assumption that I need to sell them something. Right. What I always think about the person I'm in front of is how can I help you help somebody else? Mm-hmm. Well, what tool can I give you that you can look better in the eyes of other people? Cred dust. So that's the intent of that. Cred yeah. dust. Cred dust. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. That's cred dust. No question. So let's talk this about is. cred cred. Let's talk about the <laughs> ugh, those people. How do we walk away from so, <laughs> well, first talk about cred cred? Uh, <laughs> and I don't disagree. Your LinkedIn profile could use a little bit of okay, stuff, right? <laughs> and what's there, you're an amazing person. I mean, you really are an amazing person. And your LinkedIn does not reflect that yet. That would be cred crud. <laughs> yeah. Cred crud are things that you do. The cred crud that gets me the messed up the most is when I go to a peer publisher's website. So, I mean, as a publisher, I've published over 750 books. So when I go to another publisher's website and they don't put the right copyright at the bottom of the page, right? right? People say, well, I'm a cobbler. It's a cobbler. No, no, no. Sorry. If you can't take care of yourself, how are you going to take care of me as as a prospective client, right? It's things like, here's a silly one. Some people who use Mike on Facebook, but Michael on LinkedIn. Yeah. It's cred crud is very similar to, my best analogy is very similar to plaque on your teeth. Mm -hmm. If you go to the dentist and you have a little bit of plaque on your teeth, you're not guaranteed a cavity. Keep adding more plaque, the better chance are you're going to have a cavity. Keep adding more cred crud, 
the better chance are that you have a cavity in terms of that prospect is not going to look at you. Yeah, very good. I love that. I love that visual aid. So here's my next question as we just kind of wrap up our time together. But my next question is, is there a scalability in credibility? And here's why I'm asking that question, because I just don't feel like it's black and white. I feel that we are human. We do make mistakes. We do have areas that we're not quite perfect in, like my LinkedIn. We're just not, now everybody's going to go look at my LinkedIn, but thank you very much. Connect with me anyway. Um, <laughs> but maybe there's a good thing in that cred cred for just for a second. There might be, because everyone's going to go, oh gosh, let's go look at Jen. But is there a scalability in this where, look, they're not really the level that you and I've talked about what I do with people is do they complement or complicate? That doesn't mean someone could sort of complicate me a little bit, but it's not such an, a nuisance. Whenever I see their name, I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. Right. So there's got to be some kind of scalability. Is there some kind of advice you could give us that helps us gauge the people that we are engaged with to say that level of credibility is just never, ever going to get there versus they're working on it. I can give them some grace. I can maybe support them or what we could be looking at it ourselves in the mirror. It's a great question. Let me do my best at answering it. You're using the word credibility as a single word, a single dimension. Right. And- Credibility is 10 skills. Yeah. And so I'll give you a real classic example. So many people say, hey, Mitchell, why do you focus on credibility? Why do you focus on authenticity or integrity? That's more important. And what I say is with the definition of credibility that came out of the dictionary, one could be authentically a serial killer, or they could have the integrity of always lying. Mm. So what's interesting under the categories of being known is the intent and commitment to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Now, the right thing is the right thing by you. And so what's interesting is of the 10 skills, there may be some things that that person doesn't do well. I don't know if there's anyone who's in all 10, right? Mm-hmm. By the way, we just are releasing a credibility culture assessment. Good. I was going to say, where are these 10 things listed? Let's get them. Yeah. Okay. Oh, go. check out the TED Talk or check out my book, Credibility Nation. But all of those are readily available. What's interesting is if there's a particular, there may be some things that are not as powerful or not as robust. Like let's say they're great everywhere, but they're just not really vulnerable because that's not how they were taught. Well, now that's something you could look at. That's potentially a trainable skill. That basically means they could be more vulnerable. They recognize that if they say, for instance, like you did, I don't know if my LinkedIn profile is great. Go take a look and let me know. That's getting people to your LinkedIn. They might say, oh, Mitchell's full of doo-doo. It's a great LinkedIn profile. Or they might go, oh, I'd recommend doing the following. Or there's a spelling error, Jen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the spelling. I noticed I had a flyer that had the word ghost written as a ghostwriter. had the word ghost written spelled incorrectly. I'm like, that's not credible. That's a lot of credit credit. So I just (laughs) fixed it. And I think vulnerability is one of those things that there's so many things that are important. Vulnerability and more importantly, coachability. Yeah. And this is probably what you said at the beginning of this conversation is you're a lifelong learner and you want to continually grow and do more things. That's being coachable. Mm -hmm. You want to work with people who are coachable, not that you want to coach them, but that when they interact with you or your clients or they learn the next best thing, that they're actually going to listen, learn, and apply that to you. I guess the answer to your question, it's variable based on which of the 10 skills they need to work on. 
Yeah. And I think maybe even what you need, I mean, for example, if someone is in a business that it doesn't really matter that that person's vulnerable, as long as they're credible in other areas, it could be just their type of business, then that works for them. So I think it sounds like it's weighted, right? It's a weighted average based on what your credibility temperature is or thermometer is, and then based on how you're going to interact with that person. And I think that credibility in one area, for example, like in a funnel builder, you know, building a funnel, the credibility has to be there. You need to communicate with me. I need to know what's going on. And if that's not there, it's not going to work because I need to make changes quickly. Right. But I may be able to be a little more loose in another area with credibility that doesn't have so much of an impact on that credibility for myself. It's not an outward credibility or the integrity, right? It's not affecting my internal integrity. It's affecting my external integrity. So I may have more weight given to that. So I can't wait till you all come out with the assessment. I cannot wait. Yeah, so we have an assessment. So I'll just say to you, for those that are listening, I'm saying for you who is listening. If you're <laughs> you're going to be stuck on that now. <laughs> yeah, I am. If you're curious, reach out. I'll send you the assessment directly. Particularly, I've got only one company that's done it so far. And so I'm looking for two, three, four different examples because exactly what you said, Jen, is what's relevant for one company is going to be slightly, maybe not even slightly, maybe significantly different for another. Yeah. And what I have to say is it needs to go back to that, the CPOP of the company to be able to determine whether or not the working parts, the employees of the company are actually not echoes, but actually are good reflections of the CPOP of the company, right? And so I need two or three, at least examples of companies who are going to be really transparent and open. And I'm happy to do that. And there we probably, I shouldn't say this, we probably wouldn't charge because we're in experimentation stage and learning. Um, So if you're interested, reach out. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Look at that, guys. I'll even help you. (laughs) That's awesome. So we'll have lots and lots of links. I know you have lots of links that you provided me for different listening to and your TED Talk and your book and all that. I cannot wait to get a copy of your book. But I want to know what you'd like to leave with us. If there's a quote, if there's a mantra, if there's one thing you could say to the listener to say, this is how you want to take action. What would you be your first step or don't do this or make sure you deploy that. It's up to you. What do you want to leave us with? I'm going to leave with... And I'll share a gift as well, which I'll put in the chat and I'll say it out loud. What's appropriate is for you to really deep, if 98% of the world cannot articulate their purpose, you should say to yourself, oh my God, what's mine? Mm-hmm. And you should do it in such a way where it's just so easy, 10 words or less. Right. And what happens is it just makes it so much easier for those who are around you to share you right? What happens with all this opportunity coming your way, it's a compass that helps guide you. I call this thing called a CPOP. It's it's that compass. It helps you determine what you're doing and where you're going. And it allows other people to see you. And if you do it right, if you take that CPOP and you then share it asynchronously, it becomes the magnet that draws people into you. So my gift is going over to Credibility Nation. There's a link that'll be in the notes. It's ahadapub slash cpop22feb. And it will say it again, ahadapub, A-H-A dot P-U-B slash cpop, C-P-O-P 22 F-E-B. That will give you free access to Credibility Nation through the end of February. You could take the CPOP course, which is a half hour course for you to articulate your purpose. And then we have a thread that when you come up with your CPOP, you post it there and then members of the community will comment on it. Awesome. 
So it's a very cool way for you to see what other people are saying about something that you can articulate in one to three seconds. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that gift. Thank you. Thank you so much. You mentioned Credibility Nation. Let's talk about that. How do people get involved in Credibility Nation community? It's CredibilityNation.com. Feel free to take advantage of the gift. If you are someone who feels like you want to collect a group of people inside of Credibility Nation because there's an area that you focus on that you want to be credible and you solve a problem, I am looking for village leaders. I'm looking for people who want to run. Think of it as as opposed to private Facebook groups where we have all these issues associated with Facebook, having the same thing in Credibility Nation where you're actually running a village. So it could be an entire company or it could be a particular focus, like not too dissimilar to what you do, Jen, and having a community where you get to learn fundamentally about all the mechanics of what is credible, what are the 10 skill sets, all of that. Then you also have a guide. So I'm looking for the village leaders to be the guide. What does it mean in your particular world? Yeah. And so we have 50 village leaders and I'm always looking for people who I could actually, at the moment, I'm actually dubbing them credible because the number is still small, but at some point in time, we'll come up with ways to. Criteria. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Do you want to leave us with a quote? The best thing I could share with you is simply credibility is a journey. It's not a destination. Mm, Yes, that's true. That goes back to my question. Thank you. And I'm on that journey. I'm on that journey on LinkedIn. I'll just keep bringing that back up again. <laughs> I'm sure I'm on that journey in a lot of different areas, but oh, I know that I'm as, on the journey. As am I. As am I. Yeah. yeah. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Mitchell. I really appreciate you coming on the show. And I cannot wait to see you again. I hope I'll see you at Secret Knock in March. I think mm. that's when it is. I can't remember. But I hope to see you again there. We'll have that opportunity to chat. And I'd love to have you as a spotlight speaker on one of my masterminds. And oh, I'd love that. hopefully in I'd one of the that. retreats or the workshops, we can have you come in there and talk about this as well. Since I have so many of those throughout the year, we'd love to have you there and invite you to come in and share your wealth with all of oh, us. I so. love that. And what I'll say to you is I do a cred reel and we now turn the interviews into a product and we sell that for $1,000. I'll be happy to give you one of those. So I would love to have you come and do a, it's five questions in five minutes. Okay. Clarity. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go fast. We're going to go fast on that. Thank you again, Mitchell. And everyone, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen. And I hope that we have provided you with something that you can take out into the marketplace, make a difference in your life, make a difference in your business immediately, today. As I've always said, when you plan to listen to this podcast, plan to block off at least a half an hour on the backside so that you can implement this to make a difference in your business, in your life, and not make this just simply Netflix if you're watching or simply a podcast if you're listening, but really have something that will change your life. So thank you again for being on the show with me, Mitchell. And thanks again to everyone for listening and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, Don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and 
so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.